passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. So the Ravens played um, Cincinnati, obviously, at the end of the season, which it, it really meant nothing. And due to the situation between the Bills and Cincinnati game, you know, the division went to the Bengals. We, we understand that. And so I don't know what, you know, the Ravens decided to play the defense and allow some of their offensive players to to get some rest. I'm a little confused about that, Jeff. Maybe you can give me some insight on that. But um, I, I am curious if you believe that anything was built or learned in the game on Sunday as the Bengals did play their starters because obviously they didn't want to go through the whole coin toss and, you know, blah, blah situation, which – ironically would have been in the play had the Ravens won because the Chargers did lose to the Broncos. So I I am curious to know if, if the Ravens really feel like this was something that they could build on uh, based on, you know, how their defense played. And then look, the offense didn't play as bad as I thought that they would play with the third string quarterback. Uh, Or do you have to just kind of clean this slate and say, okay, that was just that, now this is the playoffs. This is a different ball game. So yeah. I expect to see something completely different. Yeah. You know, I think there's a little bit of both. I, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is a, we've all seen, you know, the game moves faster in the playoffs. It's more physical. Usually uh, more is let go. Uh, teams hold stuff back. I think the Bengals certainly were holding stuff back. Um, I imagine the the Ravens were too. Um, so I, I don't make too many grand conclusions um, but to, you know, I, I wonder, you know, when, when, you know, I was out there and I was kind of, I, I was trying to figure out and, and Harbaugh predictably didn't, uh, gain much insight on why he chose to go about it like that. But I mean, I think one Dobbins has been battling the injury all year. Zeitler has been on the injury report for a good while now. Mark Andrews has 
has been, you know, with the knee and shoulder. So I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it is they knew they were going to probably have a third string quarterback in there. So why put those guys out there, um, you know, and risk with the third string quarterback? Let's just go with our young guys and and try to do some things. I, I think there might have been a psychological a- aspect of that. Like, okay. Bengals can't gain too much confidence here if they beat up on us when we have a third string quarterback kind of out that like the, the how you know we're going to take our best shot next week with our guys as healthy as possible and hopefully Lamar's in the mix um and, and uh that that's we're not gonna you know put up big offensive numbers anyway with the third string quarterback on there um but you know to me what they did sure seems to suggest that defensively they wanted to send a message um by that as okay we're not going away we're not afraid of you we're not stepping you know we're, we don't mind coming back here uh we're going to give you our best shot defensively here uh we're going to hopefully get a few hits in um you know and I'm not talking about illegal I'm just talking about you know make sure the Bengals know they're there kind of put it in their heads that they're not going away they're not afraid of them they're not afraid of going toe-to-toe with Joe Burrow and that highly touted Bengals offense and in the process maybe we put a little doubt in their head like look you know like we've now played well against you twice uh you know twice in the season um and and i think there's maybe a, a little you know philosophical. Oh, i always mess that word up but psychological advantage you can gain there um uh and and i think that's kind of part of it and, and you know like you, you you give a couple hits you 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 know you make them feel it a little bit rather than just starting all backups and probably letting them move up and down the field you know that probably helps you in another week it was an interesting call i'd love uh to talk to john off the record about kind of what went into that call um but uh you know i, I didn't it didn't surprise me that they played it surprised me that they played the whole game um, you know, pretty much. And, but to be honest, it surprised me that Morgan Moses and Ronnie Stanley played almost the whole game too. Exactly. Yeah, I think that that's I'm, my, I, I'm, 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 Cordell, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, no. I am just, I couldn't understand. Like, is it because of, of the amount of offensive linemen that you had available that you, you felt like you needed to play those guys? I, I was really confused considering the fact that you allow Zeitler to rest. You know, because obviously he had dealt with some injuries early um, in the season. I mean, a, a couple of weeks ago. But correct me, guys, if I'm wrong. Morgan Moses was dealing with some injuries as well, and That's obviously we, from a week ago, right? And obviously Ronnie Stanley hadn't played a whole season. He had just gotten back this season right. as well. So I guess that's the part that confused me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I was just as confused as you guys were. Um, and yeah, I, I asked Harbs about it Monday and didn't didn't really get much of an answer. It, I was surprised to hear him say he's shocked about how much attention it's getting. But I mean, I don't see how it couldn't be. If if they decided to rest their starters across the board, that'd be one thing, you know, but if you're going to rest JK, I'd have been okay with resting Gus. You got Kenyon Drake and Justice Hill. I get you can't rest everybody, but in positions like that, where you, where you've got another two running backs to replace the two that you would have set. I'm okay with that. In the situation of Ronnie Stanley, like Ronnie can't even practice a whole week, but yet he gets, he's able to, he's the guy that gets to go out there and play pretty much the entire game because we didn't see Fah Lele and Makari over the left tackle until the the last drive of the game. Uh, I think it's when we saw Fah Lele. So that was kind of concerning to me. Defensively, it was like, I, I just took it as though that's them trying to win. 
they them sending out their defensive unit is them going out there saying, well, we're at least, you know, going to give somewhat of our best shot. Their best shot is their defense. Uh, and I think that they did kind of want to see how their defense matches up against Cincinnati, who played their starters the whole game. I'm not going to sit here and say Cincinnati called the game the way that they probably would have if it really mattered. But I do think that they tried to do some of the stuff that they always try to do. They, they, I mean, had they had Joe Burrow and T. Higgins been able to connect, the Bengals could have won by like 20 points, but they just weren't, they weren't on the same page. Uh, and then you had, I mean, the Ravens who pretty much have been really good against the run all year. And Cincinnati hasn't been great running the ball at all this year, which is still a head scratcher to me, considering Joe Mixon's been there most of the year and he was so good last year. They have completely fallen off the cliff as far as efficiency in the run game. Um, but yeah, I, I just took the Bengals having their starters out there for all four quarters. Let me know that they at least wanted to stomp the Ravens. I think that they came out there thinking that they were going to just run these dudes off the field and that they'd be able to rest their starters by halftime. And that really wasn't the case. Um, I do think that the Ravens have did some things in this game that'll give them optimism going into the wild card round. I think that they'll be able to run on this, on this team. They did some pretty good things in the run game. And that was with Kenyon Drake and not even having Kevin Zeitler, who's arguably been their best offensive lineman this year uh, out there. They were still able to uh, be efficient in the run game. The one thing that I was hoping for offensively is that they would find something in this game that would help spark the pass game. I don't know if they found that, but if, if nothing else, hopefully, and I asked John about this Monday too, just trying to find a way to get production out of Isaiah Likely, even with Mark Andrews still on the field. Isaiah Likely has had a couple of good games this year, but Andrews has been out in each of those. Can they find a way to get both of these guys producing, especially considering you're getting nothing from the wide receivers? I mean, it's, it's laughable at this point. The way that they really – let Anthony Brown down out there on Sunday was was a joke. Uh, and, I mean, it's clear as day what they have at the wide receiver position is, is getting to little to nothing at this point. But if they could find a way to really attack the middle of the field with these two tight ends that they have, even mixing a little cola, Kolar and, you know, go to the wide receivers as you need to, I mean, at some point they've got to make a catch. This is the NFL. Um, but you, you, you attack the middle of the field then maybe you get something going in a pass game. Obviously, they felt a little more comfortable being able to push the ball down the field with Anthony Brown than they do with Tyler Huntley. Anthony Brown has a little more of a liver arm. Uh, I don't think he's a, a world-beater passer either. I mean, you know, he's a third-string undrafted quarterback for a free age. I mean, for a reason. But at the same time, he does – he is able to push the ball down the field. He can make some throws. I just think that Roman and those guys got to do a better job of putting them in positions to succeed. Throwing the ball out of your own end zone at the back end of the half ain't going to cut it. That's That was just a recipe for disaster. But, yeah, defensively, I think that they're going to give them dudes all they can handle. Will Higgins be able to get back to his usual self this week? We'll see. Marcus Peters being back out there will obviously help as well. 
Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Um, before we go to the last segment, though, I want to know, do you think if, let's say, Lamar is not able to play, what's the decision that you make at the quarterback position? Because Anthony Brown did play them already. Yes, I know what the statistics say. I think he had like 286 passing yards and two interceptions. But like Cordell said, he's a better thrower, even though he that could use some work as well. And while we do acknowledge that he's an undrafted free agent, well, so was Tyler Huntley. So, I, you know, I mean, obviously one has more experience in playing than the other. So there's an advantage there. But do you feel like, Anthony Brown built on something that if Lamar can't play, he plays again? Or do you think that you have to go with Tyler Huntley because, you know, you just got to? I don't think you have to go with him. Again, I I don't, people probably don't want to hear this, but I think it comes down to the state of Tyler Huntley's shoulder. If, you know, he hasn't looked right. And, you know, somebody, somebody from another team actually texted me, during the the uh, Browns game where they had that terrible offensive performance. And he said, what is the deal with Hunt? Like, it's just, he had no zit like that. He just, I and mean, this isn't just a new injury. I mean, he, we, you know, you guys were out there over the summer. Yeah. He missed practices over the summer. I mean, this is something he's been dealing with. Uh, he just hasn't looked right. And he's a better player than he's shown. Yeah. I, I'm not going to come off as a Tyler Huntley apologist here, but he's a better player than he's shown. Um, it also feels like there's much too much with Tyler Huntley of, okay, let's not screw this up. Let's not make a mistake. We'll win this game with our running game. We'll win this game with our defense and special teams. You get to this point, you can't have that attitude. He needs to go out and try to make plays. If that means holding on to the ball for a little longer, okay. But these constant, like, get rid of it on first, you know, yeah. just throw to your first option and, and let's move on. You're not going to be able to do this. And I think we saw with Anthony Brown, it got him in trouble holding the ball for sure. But we also saw some elements of a downfield passing game, which we haven't seen in a while. So I think I would, you know, I also want to know why didn't Anthony, was Anthony Brown under strict rules not to run the ball? I mean, that dude's a heck of an athlete. He can run. I will um, say this, Jeff, I, I, you know, I'm a big college football fan. So I, yeah. I followed him in Oregon. It wasn't really a strength for him to begin with. I just don't think he's extremely comfortable being, a guy that runs around. I think though that you got to figure that out now, yeah. particularly in this offense. But it's it's to me, it was not un it was not 
out of the realm for him. The things that I saw for him on Sunday, because it's very similar to what I saw from him at Oregon. Yeah. I mean, his 40 time suggests he can run, but yeah, it probably is not in his, it may not be in skill set, but at some point you got to keep the ball or they're not going to be honoring that. And and there was, there was no reason for them to honor the quarterback run when he wasn't doing it. And would it be the stupidest thing in, in how they played that game to tell him, look, we have quarterback questions going forward. Do not take any hits. Uh, if you can't avoid running it, no, that probably would be some. That probably would be pretty smart, uh, to be honest with you. They can't afford losing another guy. But I, I don't think uh, you know. I think they have a decision to make. If it's no Lamar, I really do. But ultimately, until Tyler Huntley can throw the football and gets back throwing the football, you know, he didn't throw the ball last week at practice. I mean, Cordell, you know, saw it more than me. Um, you know, I, I think it's a matter of is he healthy enough to make some plays downfield with his arm? And if he's not, I think you have to go with Anthony Brown. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, first of all, just on the, the thing you said about Anthony Brown keeping the ball, it was at least three or four times yeah. on the read option. If he keeps yeah. it, I mean, there's literally yeah. nobody they weren't honoring it. Yeah, yeah, yep. you know, so I, I, I would imagine that maybe they did get in his ear and just say, Hey, you know play it safe because behind you, obviously Brad Hundley got called up, but they don't want to have to go to Brad Hundley if they don't have to. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, they, they're they at Anthony Brown simply, simply out of necessity at this point. So you don't want to have to go to your fourth string quarterback if you don't have to. Also, maybe it's like, you know, you may end up having a play next week. We don't want them to really be able to yep. gauge what what your your entire repertoire yeah. right now. Let's let's just keep it very surface level and and only give them what we want them to see. Uh, also, as far as Tyler Huntley, yeah, I, I think it's ultimately going to come down to his health. A part of me says if Tyler Huntley is telling them that he can play, he's probably going to play. Um, but preferably, I don't. I don't think you're going to get anything different from Tyler Huntley than what you've seen already this season. Um, I like Jeff think that he is much better than what we've seen down the stretch of the season. I mean, I know it's the preseason and preseason doesn't matter, but you can make the argument. He might've been the best quarterback in the preseason. This and the entire, the entirety of the preseason around the league. Uh, Also last year, Mark Andrews was able to really get, get his all pro through Tyler Huntley force feeding him the ball. And he looked, pretty good doing it. Uh, not to say that he looked like a starter last year, but he looked substantially better than he does this year. This year, he just looks like he has no confidence. It looks like his arm really can't be depended on. He doesn't trust his arm. That that last pick he threw in that Steelers game probably should tell you where his shoulder is right now because he, I, I believe if he's healthy, he could at least make a better throw than what he made to end that game on that interception to Minka Fitzpatrick. So, uh, I think if it comes down to health, Anthony Brown will be out there. And I think, look, I'll be honest, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to pick the Ravens to win against Cincinnati this week. But do I feel a little more optimistic about their chances this week as opposed to what I did week 18? I actually kind of do. Uh, and maybe it's just because I felt like while Cincinnati may not have been giving them their A-plus game, I felt like they threw – their best somewhat of their best shot at the Ravens a little bit I think that they really did try to blow them out they just couldn't do it um now maybe next week when they're playing a little more within themselves and not looking to just you know score 20 points on one throw maybe it's a it's a different situation but 
I feel like the Ravens kind of took their shot. They absorbed it. And they're like, okay, yeah, we got knocked down, but I think I can, I, I felt your power. I feel like I can, I can hang with you a little bit in the ring, especially once I get some of my, uh, my, my playmakers back on the offensive side of the ball. I think if they're able to really run the ball with J.K. and this defense can do what they've done all year, they'll have a chance. The question is, can the Ravens score two touchdowns? No. I mean, I, that's that's really what it's going to boil down to. They Almost happened. Touchdowns. I mean, Anthony Brown gave it to them. They just didn't want it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't know if I, if they if they'll be able to score two touchdowns mixed in with a quite a few a couple of field goals, obviously, because like I've been saying, the Bengals will have that one half to where they go ghost. Can the Ravens score during that time period? I, I can't say that I'm confident that they will. Uh, all I know, guys, is that nearly 400 yards with the third-string quarterback against starting – there's the Bengals starting defense is nasty business. And so I, I, I take that what you will. I'm just saying that – Turnovers essentially had a big part in this in, in that game. And so you like to assume that if Brown plays, that eventually he got a rhythm and got a little bit comfortable. And so it would be interesting to see how that goes if he somehow had to play again um, in Sunday's matchup. So we'll find out shortly what we're going to do here. But uh, until then, I, I was just curious to know what, what way you guys would go if need be.